the cellar, says Mr. Tone's end. <laughs> all right for him. He's not one gonna break his neck falling downstairs. Fetch us some pigtail balls, he says. Mm, he's not one us to root around in pitch dark without even a gas lamp. Oi, someone's down here, you gobby. I'm not supposed to fetch you if I can't even see you in front of me face. Who's there? I can hear you mulliking around. Alright, if I get a laugh. Now, show yourself. You're not from around these parts. You talking to me? Aye. You're in the Union now. We don't talk to those as aren't in the Union. Where were you before you were here, then? Oh, around and about. London. Stephen, isn't it? That's right, Brewster. But you know my name? It's my business to know the name of every Union man. Mind your fingers, lay the lavender clean off. Oh, sorry. You've travelled then, Brewster? Yeah. But there's more to life than one little town in Lancashire. Oh, I wouldn't know about that. No man's limited by what he sees around him. Well, if you say so. For most people, they think the world ends at the end of their street. They never stop to imagine there might be more out there. So what is out there? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. I saw things you'd swear were impossible. Even to me. All seems like a dream. Oh, a dream, right. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the factory or Appleton. It's a wage and I'm, I'm grateful. But imagine seeing everything else that was out there and then losing it. So, you've travelled a lot then, have you? Oh, and then some. Because in my experience, Brewster, those who live the travelling lifestyle are either gypsies, actors or crooks. Yeah? Well, I was an actor. Still not finished your sketch, Miss Stratton. I am making further studies, Mr. Townsend, considering the subject from varying angles to ascertain how it might be shown off to the best advantage. Morning, Miss Stratton. I've told you, Brewster, you're not to bother Miss Stratton when she's on the site. Or any other time, for that matter. Brewster doesn't bother me. Glad to hear it, Miss. Wouldn't a young lady like you prefer to draw a nice meadow? Oh, no. Everything in the fields does tend to sway so in the wind. And then some horse or cow wanders into view and one feels obliged to include it, and that entails all the tedious business of drawing its legs. No, my limited skills are far better suited to the straight lines and rough textures of modern buildings. If you say so. What are you doing out here, Brewster? Just getting some fresh rainwater, sir. Then be rapid about it, lad. The way he goes on, you think he doesn't trust you to be left alone with me? With good reason. What? The sketching is simply a ruse. You don't have to compliment me, I know. I'm an altogether useless artist. But people will humour a young woman in almost any activity, regardless of merit, so long as it is harmless and appropriate. So what are you doing here? I consider that the workers' conditions here are unacceptable, and I'm gathering observations to lend my arguments weight. Blimey! Not really what Mr Townsend would call harmless or appropriate. <laughs> well, then it is just as well that in this matter, as in so many others, he remains in blissful ignorance. What in heaven's name was... Stephen! 
Mr. Gibson, oh, oh my goodness. Someone fetch a doctor quick. There's no doctor in town, but a friend of my father's is here at the factory, and he's a doctor. Well, he's an engineer by profession, but his medical knowledge equals that of any physician I've met. Yeah, never mind the life story. Look, can you get him in now? Oh, he's coming already. He must have heard the disturbance. Oh, that's quite a stroke of luck, isn't it? Oh, well, maybe it's not. What's happened? Dr. Smith, this poor man was working at the lathe. I fear his fingers are severed. What are you doing here? What does it look like I'm doing? Helping? Oh, good grief. Evelyn, could you pop across to our lodgings and fetch the medical kit? Of course. Someone should inform Mr. Townsend, if you'll excuse me. Brewster, get me some water. Hot, but not boiling. I thought you'd left. You should... Never mind that now. We need to clean the wound. Water. Mr. Townsend. Miss Stratton, would you mind if I finish entering these figures I most certainly would. Have you not heard the commotion? I have, and I was poised to investigate just as soon as One I One of your workers has suffered the most appalling injury. Is he deceased? No. Well, then, it's not the most appalling injury. He has lost three fingers. Which worker? Stephen Gibson. Ah, a good worker, when he wants to be. Agitated, though. I don't feel you are treating this accident with the appropriate solemnity, Mr Townsend. Not at all, Miss Stretton. I'm greatly concerned by this incident. The fewer fingers a man has, the less work he will be able to do. If I was mathematically inclined, I dare say I could even go so far as to calculate the precise formula. Might I suggest your time might be better spent tackling this institution's scandalously poor record on safety? And might I suggest, young lady, that you would do better to concentrate on your daubings than to tell me my business? Ah, I'm sorry, but please, I need you to hold still. What is it you're doing, Doctor? Trying to prevent him losing the rest of his hand. What, is that all? What more do you expect? Come on, I'll see what you can do. Brewster, this is neither the time nor the place. Ah, Evelyn, what took you so long? Oh, never mind, thank you. Here's the medical kit. Now, Mr Gibson... This is what is known as a syringe. Oh, no, you're not just that thing in me. It's all right, Stephen. I know the doctor. You can trust him. All right, if you say so. Ah! I thought you said I could trust him. You can. I'm the one you shouldn't trust. Oh, I'll remember that. Try to think about something else. The pain should start to go away. And this should clear any infection. Now... Leave the dressing on for at least five hours and keep your arm upright like this. You understand? Thank, thank you, Doctor. No, that's all right. Lucky thing I was here, eh? So, now you've played the hero, why don't you just brush off? Charming. I didn't expect gratitude. Uh... Yeah, what were you two doing around here anyway? What was well rid of you? Oh, don't be like that, Thomas. We're here to see the owner of the factory. Well, you're wasting your time. You're still off on holiday. Well, I haven't seen him myself yet. Now, if you don't mind, I've got to sort out getting Stephen home. He doesn't seem too pleased to see us again, does he? Yes, but to be honest, Thomas Brewster's feelings are the least of my worries right now. What concerns me is what happened to Stephen. The accident, you mean? Hmm. If it was an accident. The machines are not at fault, Miss Stretton. They are of the latest design of the highest quality manufacture and were acquired by Mr. Belfridge at great personal expense. Whereas your workforce was acquired at the smallest possible expense. And are serviced quite regularly. 
Mr. Belfridge does not cut corners. It's not his fault if the Lancastrian working man's mind will not adapt from the manufacture of cotton and silk. We should be grateful he hasn't already sold up and relocated to Wales or Cornwall, where, I am told, the workforce is much more amenable and will work at a fraction of the cost. Is that where he is now? No. Mr. Belfridge is currently domiciled in Venice. I was contemplating hypotheticals, miss. Hypotheticals. Enter. Yes, Brewster. What is it? Spit it out. The doctor's patched up Stephen's hand and sent him home, Mr Townsend. Robert Askew's gone with him. What, so now we're two men down? Oh, and the doctor says he wants to see you. About the accident? No, about Mr Belfridge. He's waiting in the boss's office. And you left him in there unattended, I suppose. Should you be going through Belfridge's drawers? No, absolutely not. But you know me, Evelyn. I can resist everything but temptation. As a friend of mine once. Aha! What is it? You found something? No, nothing at all. Either Mr Belfridge has a very good memory, or somebody else does his bookkeeping, because... Hello. What? Look here. Wedge between the floorboards. Looks like a pocket torch? No. Well, whatever it is, it's far in advance of your time, never mind the 19th century. Uh, funny. Can't get it to budge. Shouldn't you leave it where it is? I expect Mr Belfridge should be rather upset if he notices it's gone missing. Well, I don't care if he is. I want to know what this thing is, and I don't intend to leave it lying around for any Tom, Dick or Harry. Doctor, someone's coming. It just needs one more twist and... There, got it. Very odd, though. Seemed to be almost growing from between the floorboards. Doctor, put it away before anybody can... May I ask what you two are doing in here? I am uh, admiring the view. All you can see from here is the chimney. And may I say what a splendid chimney it is. One of the best. And in addition to admiring your triumph of ventilative engineering... We're here to see Mr Belfridge. He's off on his holidays. Oh, dear. Then we shall have to come back tomorrow. You don't have to come back at all. Um, Mr Townsend, I think you should take a look outside. What? It rather looks as though the workers are revolting. Brewster! Why aren't you back at work? We had an emergency ballot, and we agreed we're not touching those machines until you've had them checked out. I didn't realise you were the union's fugleman. Did you know these factories have more accidents than any other in Lancashire? Really? Who told you this? I did. Helpful lady, Miss Stretton. Got a heart in the right place. I've corresponded with unions across the county. They keep such records and no institution can boast as many accidents as this. If that's true, it's because you lot can't keep your minds on the job. There's no wrong with that machinery. Ah, uh, but those are our terms. We want the site checked out by an independent engineer or we go on strike. No man is going back into work into this factory until we know for sure that it's safe. How thoroughly dismal. The accident, Mr Stretton, or the strike? Oh, both, both, Miss Smythe. But I feel it's typical of this town. Ackleton? 
Oh, it has its charm and its vibrant atmosphere, the beating heart of the Industrial Revolution. I'm trying to convince the party to let me stand somewhere in Kent next time. Clara has no chance of finding a suitable husband here, none at all. Oh, I imagine that's her now. You should be proud of her. She's only acting with the best of intentions. When you attend my funeral, please tell that to your fellow mourners. I'm sure they'll find it of great comfort. Father, have you heard about the accident? Indeed, I've heard altogether too much. Well, the workers have decided to down tools until there's been an independent safety inspection. And they receive a little extra in their wages, no doubt. You do them a disservice. This is entirely about safety. I must admit, Mrs Tretton, they do have my sympathies. Yes, an employer does bear a responsibility to his workers... Their welfare is subject to his conduct, and if he doesn't want that responsibility, then he shouldn't be an employer. I'm glad you think so, because I was hoping you could help. Oh, really? We said we wanted an expert. Mr Stratton has vouched for Dr Smith's credentials. I don't see why I need look any further afield. Brewster, I can assure you of my impartiality. All that matters to me is that the events of this morning aren't repeated. Now, the rotary mechanism seems to be in good working order. But this piston arm's coming out of lock as it travels back. That doesn't prove anything. There's never been an injury at this machine. Yes, I'm sure you'd have caught this yourself during routine maintenance. Do you have a replacement for this piston? In the cellar. Rooster, why do I have to get it? Because I am in charge and it is your job to do as I say. Oh, all right, yeah. But this doesn't count as returning to work, OK? I hope I haven't put the doctor in an awkward situation. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Awkward situations are the doctor's bread and butter. I wouldn't want to jeopardise his business with Mr Belfridge. What type of man is he, this Mr Belfridge? Well, father was the one who brought him here. Initially, father spoke of him as a possible match for me, but, well, we both found him peculiarly abrasive. And father didn't really want an industrialist in the family, if he could help it. Mr Belfridge is what is known as a self-made man, you see. He seems popular in the town. Well, of course, he revived the industry. I fear his interest might suddenly wane. And then where will we be? Where indeed? Oh, please don't mention this to him, but I gather you've met Thomas Brewster. Is that right? Yes. A curious young man. Bold for someone of his station. You could say that. He was a sort of apprentice to the doctor. Gracious. He must have rare talents indeed for someone like the doctor to confer such status on someone from his background. Yes, but it didn't work out. The doctor was all for leaving him at the first opportunity, but I convinced the doctor he deserved a new start. Otherwise, he might slip back into bad habits. Do you feel there's a danger of that with Mr Brewster? I'm afraid so. We found a position for Brewster here and, without mentioning it to him, decided to stay in town for a few days to see how he settled in. Uh, my idea, not the doctor's. But then the, the doctor began to develop suspicions about Mr Belfridge and his factory. Suspicions? Well, let's uh, just say there may be more to Mr Belfridge than meets the eye. All right, uh, 
four inch piston. Four inch piston. Where are you? Bolts, yoke nuts, screws, banners. Hello? Who's there? Hmm. Ah, four inch pistons. Got ya. So this is the machine Mr. Gibson was working at this morning. Aye. So, what does listening to it with a stethoscope tell you? It's in perfect working order. Keep it well oiled, replace all moving parts regularly. Should give you years of steam-driven pleasure. I knew it! It's the men that are at fault, not the machines. Well, perhaps they need better training. They need to keep their minds on the job is what they need. I mean, look at Brewster. How long's he been gone? Yeah, almost an hour. I wonder if he's all right. Speak of the devil. Where have you been? I got the piston you needed. And how did you spend the rest of your holiday? I'm sorry, I got lost. Lost? How could you get lost in the cellars? Hey, it's like a maze down there. It's pitch dark. So much junk lying about, you can never find anything. Sounds like a spot of spring cleaning may be in order. Thank you for finding this, Brewster. I've finished the inspection. And? I can assure you all that machinery is safe. So, as long as you are vigilant and take care, you should come to no harm. You heard him. So you can all get back to work. But if... If... If you do notice anything out of the ordinary, anything at all, you are to report it to me at once. Knew it. You just couldn't bear to help me, could you? Brewster, the machines are working perfectly. You saw that. What am I supposed to say? Now, gents, we've lost most of this morning, so if you care to get back to your workplaces... No! No! We're not going back to work, are we? No! There's ways of going about these things, Brewster. Principles. You shouldn't ask for more after they've agreed to your terms. The men won't go back unless they get something in return. Oh, I should be out there. This is my job. Yes? Mr Gibson, how are you? Not too bad, considering. I thought you should know. Mr Belfridge has just returned to Ackleton. Oh, good. Take me to him. Oh, but Mr Gibson, you should be resting. I'll rest a lot easier when this is all sorted out. Yes, come in. Mr Belfridge, what are we going to do about the strike, sir? Oh, there's a strike. I thought it was rather quiet. Assumed it was some religious holiday or other. Uh, No, sir. There was an accident this morning and Stephen Gibson, he lost three fingers. Oh, how sad. Send his family some cooked meat and alcohol by way of an apology. He, He doesn't have a family. His wife died childless. Well, then just send enough for one. I got an independent engineer to assess the condition of the machinery. He said there was nothing wrong, but now the workers are demanding shorter hours and more rest breaks. Right. Well, it all sounds perfectly reasonable. Give them what they want and let's have an end to it. What? Put together a new schedule, could you? Have a reception to prepare for. Which do you think? Bow tie or four in hand? But, sir...
there really was nothing wrong with the machinery. Not that I could find. Mr Townsend seems to run a pretty tight ship. So you think the accident was Stephen's fault? Accidents will happen. However, there's also the small matter of this device. Ah. Mm. The item you stole from Mr Belfridge's office? Stole? I prefer to think of it as gathering evidence. What does it do? I don't know. I tried pressing the buttons, but other than making some bleeping noises... Nothing seems to happen. Maybe it's a musical instrument? Perhaps. Only one person to ask. Mr Belfridge. Indeed. No, no, Doctor, look. Hmm? Mr Belfridge. He's come back. I recognise him from the painting in his office. Interesting that he should choose this moment to return... Ah, Gibson, isn't it? Shouldn't he be recuperating? Not until I know that every man here has... Yes, I've agreed to everything. Shorter shifts, longer breaks. For the same money? Well, I thought I might offer you slightly more. Business is rather good at the moment. This is not going to be a problem, is it? No, no, not at all. And now, if you'll excuse me, no peace for the wicked. You heard the boss. Getting what you want on one condition. I didn't mention any conditions. On one condition. That you work a late shift tonight to catch up on the time lost today. We've got orders to fulfil. Mr Gibson, where are you going? Where do you think? Back to work. You can't go back to your old job. Not now. I've still got one good hand. I'll do a stock take in the cellar. Everybody's always said that place needs a proper sorting out. Delighted to see you. Delighted. And may I say, this is a fabulous little bash. Oh, please. It was no trouble at all to arrange it all at the drop of the hat when your message arrived at one o'clock this afternoon. How was Venice? Even better than I'd heard. Piazza San Marco, Teatro La Fenice, the Rialto Bridge. You should have seen it in the good old days. Oh, yeah, indeed. But uh, well, I'd say the faded glory lends it a certain... Mm, romantic melancholy. Yes, I couldn't have put it better myself. Oh, sorry, Mr. Belfridge. This is Dr. John Smith and Miss Evelyn Smythe. Delighted. Mr. Stratton, uh, I think one of your staff is trying to get your attention. Uh, calamities in the kitchen, no doubt. Excuse me. We've been looking forward to meeting you, Mr. Belfridge. Oh, really? I hope it was worth the... Perhaps uh, we <laughs> could uh, talk alone in the study... Who are you two, anyway? I'm Evelyn Smythe, and... No, 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 I can remember your names. What I'm not entirely clear about is who you are and what you're doing here. We're a couple of people who found this in your office. Great heavens. What is it? I'm not entirely sure myself. It's not mine. I've never seen it before in my life. What are you all doing lurking in here? You look like Roman conspirators. Uh, Dr. Smith wanted to ask my opinion on something he found at the factory. Oh? Well, show him. It really is a peculiar little thing. It's not mine, though. Um, Let's have a look, then. And, um, well, if you'll excuse me, there are people out there I'd like to catch up with. I so. Mr. Townsend? You haven't seen Mr. Gibson, have you? No, I haven't. Why? No one's seen him since he went down to the cellar. That was six hours ago. Really? 
Are you sure he didn't just slip home while your back was turned? You might not have heard the whistle. Maybe I should go and get him. All right. Don't get yourself lost again. I need to lock up. Never seen anything like it in my life. Remarkable. Clara! Oh, don't show it to her. She's fanciful enough as it is. Oh, am I? Is Mr. Belfridge around? No. Father, I was about to tell you. Mr. Belfridge was feeling unwell. He's gone home. Gone home? Before dinner? Blast! Profoundly vexing man. Doctor, where are you going? Sorry, uh, things to do, people to see. Losing guests at a rate of knots here. I do hope it's not a reflection on the catering. Stephen, you about? It's home time. No clock down here, eh? Even if there was, you wouldn't be able to see it. Stephen? Is that you? What are you doing over there? I can't believe it. We had him in our grasp. He did seem genuinely surprised when he saw that gadget. Oh, maybe he was telling the truth. Maybe it's not his. That doesn't mean I'm not right about him. He's not exactly acting like a man with nothing to hide. Yes. Railway station. Let's check in here. Hello? Uh, station master. Mr. Belfridge. Did he just... You just got on the Liverpool train. What? That that one over there? Yes, ma'am. That one. Stephen? That you? It's me, Brewster. Oh, stop this for a game of soldiers. I'm getting out of this. Whoa! Flesh! Flesh! Look, sorry to disturb you, whatever you are. Only I was looking for a friend of mine. Anyway, I can see he's not here, so if you don't mind, I'll... You're wrong! There's metal in it! Solid metal! Flesh! Hey, what's what you're doing? You're bringing the whole ceiling down if you keep on here! Flesh! Told you I'd find a spot where nobody would notice us. You know, Belfridge might not be coming here. The station master said he'd bought a ticket for Liverpool. He might have got off at an earlier stop. True, but I don't think he'd have been expecting us to be here waiting for him. Now, this is his train coming in now. Hmm. So we needn't have bothered with all that running. 
fun though, wasn't it? No. Ah. Keep a lookout for him getting off the train. There he is. Aha! Mr. Belfridge, would you mind coming with... What? Oh. oh uh, so sorry, we, we, we thought you were someone else. So sorry. Sorry? I could have sworn. Ah, uh, there he is. Where? He just walked off the platform. Hmm? Come on. Oh, so now it's fine to run, is it? Here he is! I found him! He's dead. Brewster! Brewster, are you all right? He's alive! What the hell happened to you, lad? Can you save the questions for later? Help me lift him. It's all right. I reckon I can stand. Nothing broken? No. Now let's get you somewhere. Come on, give us some room. Stephen, listen. Listen, I'm trying to get you out of here. Everyone's got to get out of here. There's something down there. Like a man, but taller and with pipes and bolts and things sticking out of his skin. Eh? I'm not joking. He took a swipe at the pillar and it crumbled to pieces. That's why the roof caved in. It's not safe. Calm down, lad. You've had a knock on the head. Come on. Now Mr. Belfridge knows we're following him. He doesn't seem surprised that we're here. Anyone who came from this planet in this time would be absolutely bamboozled by that. So you're right. He's not... He stopped. Don't look at him. Pretend we're having a conversation. What about? It doesn't matter what it's about. You can't hear us. We only have to pretend, do you? Keep it up. This is going well. Who's he talking to? Small, thin man in an overcoat. Rather heavy for this time of year. He's leading Belfridge towards a boarded-up shop. He's going inside. Come on! Been? Yeah, uh, 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 there. Thank you. There's something inside here. It seems likely. Most buildings have something inside them. No! no I mean something odd. Touch the walls and you can feel a buzzing and a tingly sort of taste in your mouth. Oh, for goodness sake, come on. Oh, there goes the element of surprise. Come on, quickly. What is it? A space capsule belonging to the Doran, by the looks of it. And that noise it's making means... It means it's just about to... Leave. Taking Belfridge with it. Oh. <sighs> Mr. Brewster. Miss Strand. What are you doing here? Oh, we just heard. I, I came to see if you were all right. Yeah, I'm right as ninepence. Thanks to Stephen here. Eh? You're covered in cuts. Come back to the house with me and we'll get those properly dressed. Oh, I don't want to trouble you, miss. Good heavens. You've just had a roof fall on your head. So please, do as you're told for once. Mr Gibson, how brave of you to rescue him when you... Mr Gibson, may I see your hand? Uh, uh, no, I... Your fingers are... The extent of my injuries was exaggerated by gossip, miss. My fingers are healing well. I was there. I saw it. So did I. Your fingers were entirely severed, so how... Please, just just forget it. It's nothing. Now, I must help with the clearing up. Extraordinary. Come along, Mr Brewster. Time we got you tidied up, too. Just want to take a look out the back. Why? 
check they haven't dumped any dangerous waste. <laughs> You're an intergalactic caretaker. It does feel like it sometimes. Uh. Doctor, beside the dustbins. Ah, Mr. Belfridge. We were worried we'd missed you. What? Looks like he's been stunned. Yes. I think you've been the victim of a double cross, haven't you? Get back! Steady on! We only want to know what your oh! oh! There was no call oh! for that! You'll have to catch me, Toppers! Toppers? <laughs> there you are, Clara. I was worried. It's almost three o'clock. What on earth? Pleasant to see you again, Mr. Stratton. Mr. Brewster has suffered a terrible accident, Father. I'm starting to feel we suffered a terrible accident the day we decided to come to this town. Come here, girl. Clara, you cannot bring men home from the factory. I thank God that our guests have departed. Father, how can you be so inhuman? These are good, honest people. I don't dispute their honesty or their goodness, but Clara, they are not our people. You wish to be like them? No, but I do... I don't, I, I did all this contact you have with them could only serve to coarsen your own manners. I'm concerned for you and your future. If you carry on like this, what man will want you? Perhaps a man who believes, as I do, that human suffering must always be alleviated whenever one possesses the means to do so. Please sit down, Mr Brewster, and I shall fetch you some leftovers from the meal. Nice house, sir. Hmm... It's a dead end, Mr. Belfridge. The wall's too high. You'll never be able to climb it. Try and stop me. Are you sure we need to? Now, are you willing to stop being ridiculous? Oh, no, Doctor. You've had your chance. Now get out of my way or I'll shoot. You do realise the device you're pointing at us isn't a weapon, but is in fact a metallurgical spectrometer. Uh, all right, he got me. Are you going to do me for resisting arrest as well? We're not the police. Oh. Oh, good. Which begs the question, what do you have to feel so guilty about? Well, if you're not the police, I'm not telling you anything. You will if you want my help, which you quite clearly need. What species are you? Carlian. Carlian. Ah, so you're using a patch to pass for human. They're usually red-skinned with scales and a tail. If he walked around here in his real appearance, you'd think Lucifer himself had dropped in. So why are you scared about the police catching up? I've been smuggling halite off-world. Halite? Rock salt. I know what halite is. Well, Earth salt is considered a delicacy on certain worlds, and because Earth hasn't yet made first interplanetary contact... Any trade in its goods is illegal. I've got a stake in a salt mine in Northwich. I just take a small percentage, ask no questions. All minor league stuff. Those trade rules exist for a reason. Look, if I ever get off this planet, I'm retiring. You don't have to worry about that. You're stranded here? Four years ago, I parked my astropod here and toddled off to Northwich to pick up a consignment. Why so far away? I always land where nobody will recognise me in case I get seen. But the risk is leaving it unattended, you see. I got back to find the thing had been stripped. Star nav, orbital stabiliser, cloak, comm system, even a hi-fi. And I'd left all my weapons on board. 
Stupid, I know, but I'd had so many smooth trips, you can hardly blame me for getting complacent. But surely you could have sent a distress signal. <laughs> well, I could, but then it'd be handcuffs, good morning, Judge, and a lifetime on a penal asteroid. So I've been trying to get in contact with other off-worlders who are popping by on the sly so I can trade with them for spare parts for my ship. Oh, was that uh, what you were doing with those people we saw you with? No, 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 no. They'd offered me a lift back to Carlia for a price. I wasn't going to take them up on it, but when you showed up, I thought it was better than getting nabbed by the fuzz. Well, why weren't you going to take them up on it? I've got a cargo of salt to bring with me. It's my retirement plan. Not what that Doran lot are like. They'd have had the lot of me faster than you can say Myasimia Goria. Well, I'm willing to offer you passage off the planet. You will? But you leave the salt behind. What? It's either that or we report you to the authorities. Uh, yes, all right. It'd be worth it just to be on a planet without such a frequently condensational weather cycle. What a lovely porcelain pieces you've got here on the mantel, Mr. Stretton, sir. Very nice. Yes, and I'd be obliged if you'd replace them. Now, listen to me, Brewster. I'm listening, sir. You've got my full attention. My daughter seems to have taken a particular interest in you, has she not? Well, I wouldn't know about that, since I don't know how much interest she takes in anyone else, sir. Don't dissemble, Brewster. You're not only aware of it, you take pleasure in it. It suits you well. You have ideas above your station. But Clara is a sensible girl. Yeah. She must get it from her mother's side of the family. The thought of impropriety will not even have entered her mind. What she feels for you is pity, pure and simple. It does not concern me what she might do. What does concern me is what others may choose to believe. You can't control what people think, sir. I can try. Brewster, you have no roots here. I could provide a substantial financial incentive for you to move on and never come into contact with Clara again. What kind of incentive? Fifty pounds. Well, you were right. That's pretty substantial. You cannot put a price on a young lady's reputation. Oh, I don't know. I think you just have. Think on it, Brewster. The offer is for a limited time only. Here we are. Goose, potatoes, carrots and a slice of bride cake. How much obliged you, Miss Stratton? If you're still hungry, there's a good deal more. Yes, we lost three guests before dinner had even been served. Hence, we now have something of a surplus. You parked your ship here, at the station? What sort of ship is it? Oh, something rather more advanced and... Oh. What? Ah, invisible shielding, like it. Yeah, the trick with these is to blink your eyes alternately. Gives away the outline. It was definitely here. You mean the thing we're looking for isn't invisible? No. The TARDIS has gone. It hasn't just gone. It's been stolen. Yes, thank you. I'm sure it was an honest mistake. Well? <sighs> Apparently the TARDIS was standing next to some items waiting for transport. It was loaded onto a freight train for London. When it arrives, they'll have it sent straight up to Ackleton, but that won't be until tomorrow. And there won't be a train back to Ackleton, not for another couple of hours. Evelyn, how do you fancy exploring the nocturnal sights of 19th century Liverpool? The New York of Europe. Not a great deal. Uh,
Good morning, Mr Townsend. Miss Stratton. Mr Townsend. Late again, Brewster. I should clock on before you miss any more of the day if I were you. I should redeem your shortfall in wages for my own allowance, Mr Brewster. Well, much obliged, Miss Stratton. And to what do we owe the pleasure of your luminous presence? Well, I work here. Miss Stratton, Brewster, not you. I note that the factory floor is up and running. Indeed. Why wouldn't it be? Due to the enormous hole in it, perhaps. Most of the floor is entirely unaffected. Rebuilding will take some weeks, and in the meantime, we have orders to fulfil. We've already lost a good deal of time thanks to yesterday's strike. You're lucky they haven't gone on strike again today. The Lord has indeed smiled down upon me. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Have you checked the cellar for further structural problems? Uh, I was just about to do so. Brewster. What? You're the only one who saw what happened last night. I need you to act as my guide in the underworld. You can be my Virgil. Do I have to? It does seem a little untoward to ask him to return so soon. I'll be there to hold his hand, make sure he doesn't take fright. Come on, Brewster. All right. Well, we get a gas lamp each. You got that. What a beautiful morning. Yes. And a lovely part of the world. Was that what made you choose Ackleton, Mr. Belfridge? The scenery? Oh, good grief, man. Why do you ask? Unless the copper industry is in South Wales and Cornwall, it would seem more sensible for you to have based yourself there. Well, I needed to get the Astropod undercover as soon as possible. So I grabbed the most convenient empty property that I could find. The old Ackleton silk mill. Oh, yes. I heard you became the hero of the town. The mill was the only major employer. When that died, the town died. Stratton had just become the MP, and when he heard I was looking for a property in the area, he convinced the landowner to give me the mill for a peppercorn rent. But I had to do something with it. And I just so happened to know a little trick with copper production which nobody else knew. Ah, yes. Extrusion. That was the first thing that tipped me off about you. It's not supposed to be introduced in copper production for another 30 years. Mm, Been a hell of a job keeping it secret, I can tell you. Here we are. Ackleton. Yes. For the last time, I hope. Now, we shall have to do this methodically. You know what methodically means, Booster? Yeah, we do it your way. This is the floor plan of the cellar. We are here. No, we're not. Uh, No auspicious beginning. What do you mean, no, we're not? Well, look. This room's clearly bigger than that one. There are three pillars on the plan, right? But I can see at least five from here. Hmm. The plan must be out of date. How long have you worked here, Mr Townsend? The, the four years Mr Belfridge has been here, plus 19 years when it was a silk mill, why do you ask? Well, you should look in about the place like you've never seen this part of the cellar before. It's all changed since I was lonely enough to work down here. What's this for, then? Oh, well, well, it's obviously pipes and presumably... Um, it looks to me like a... Whole load of pipes and valves all stuck together. Like some giant fat spider hanging from the ceiling. And what in my humble education, I can't for the life of me work out what it does. Illuminate me, Mr Townsend. Doctor? Hmm? There's something going on in the booking office. Everyone's stopped to look. Uh, they've probably acquired a new hat stand and it's probably a slightly unusual colour. Small-town mentality, you know. I think it's rather more than that. Station Master, what on earth is all this? I uh, found these here items round the lintels when I opened up this morning. 
Lord alone knows what they all are, but I can tell you one thing. They're stuck to the walls like barnacles. There's no scraping them off. Extraordinary. They seem to be made mostly from copper. I can see evidence of diodes, microchips. Looks like a computer is thrown up. But what are they for? They must do something, surely. Well, most of them seem to be fine construction tools. But I can see surgeons' tools, identity readers. This is an atomic clock. But why all in one big chunk like this? Oh, this thing's just issued me with a train ticket. Oh, this is a train station. Mr. Belfridge, don't wander off. Hmm? Do you know anything about this? Nothing to do with me, I'm afraid. Hmm. Well, I'm afraid your lift home is going to have to wait. This demands investigation. What? Oh, oh, great. Doctor, there's more of it downstairs in the cellar. Right. Come on, Mr. Belfridge. Uh. Hey, you can't go down. All right. Please yourselves. Mr. Gibson. Uh, Miss Stretton. You operate your machine with great ease, considering the injury you suffered yesterday. I thought I told you to forget it. I, I apologise for disregarding your wishes, but I must have an answer. How did your fingers come back? It were not some deal with the devil, if that's what you're thinking. Good heavens, no. It was last night, when I was stock-taking in the cellar. I don't remember what happened. It was as if I'd fallen asleep whilst walking. Then the next thing I heard was the ceiling collapsing on Brewster and my fingers were just... Ah! Oh, good Lord! My hand! It's got my hand! What's that? The pipes. There's something in the pipes. It's moving. It's going down there. What is it? Right, I expect. Oh, the valves are pushing it along. Who's operating? There's no one down here but you and me. I wouldn't be so sure about that. Hey, I think it's heading down. There's an outlet at the bottom. If it is a rat, get ready to kill it. Oh! Oh my! It's a hand. A human hand. With a wedding ring. What's all this for? And more to the point, who built it without my knowledge? So all this wasn't here last time you were down here? No, I, uh, I shall have to consult Mr. Belfridge about this upon his return. Dispose of this hand, please. There's a lad. What? And then we go back to work, back to normal. Doctor, they go on all the way through here. And they burrowed through the cellar wall. But from where? Look, are those arms? I believe they are. Tiny mechanical arms, passing raw material along the tunnel through the cellar and... and up the way we came. Yes, they're building more of themselves, using a large quantity of copper. Any ideas where they might be getting that? Belfridge? All right, all right, perhaps I do know something about it. Clara, you look pale. Whatever's the matter? Father, there's been yet another accident at the factory. A man has lost a hand this time. Oh, dear. 
But what more could be done? The doctor said... I don't care what the doctor said. I'm going to write letters to everyone I can think of, informing them of the disgrace that is that bedeviled factory. And what do you hope to achieve? Clara, at this rate you will have the place shut down. And then the town will be back where it was when we first arrived here. All my good work undone. Father, I don't blame you for bringing Mr Belfridge here. I'm sure he seems... Blame me! The whole town should be grateful. Oh, good heavens! I thought I'd raise you with better manners. No, that you... I mean, listen. Father, listen. What on earth is that? I think it came from the cellar. I bought it off a Vizlac loss adjuster. What can I say? He had an honest face. Well, two honest faces, to be precise. So what to you? It's an emergency device. He says his people carry them as standard. You see, it's impossible to carry a spare for every part, and even if he knew how to build a new one... It's no use if you're on a planet which doesn't have a sufficiently high level of technology. Right. So, this gizmo, it's called a catalyst. You're meant to give it some examples of the best local tech to play with, and then it accelerates the technological level using its own databanks. You give it a machine, and it uses that machine to make more advanced machines, and so on and so on. Oh, yeah. But I dumped it in the cellar with a load of copper and other junk while I went off on the grand tour. Left it to its own devices, as it were. Oh. That seems to be working, anyway. Yes. It's working only too well. Why is it digging its way into other cellars? This is the fifth one we've been through. It's spreading all over the town. Search me. Didn't say anything about this in the leaflet. Did it make the device I found in your office, I wonder? Did you ever work out what that was? Some kind of tool, a medical implement, perhaps? Maybe I got the settings wrong. I don't know. Not a typical Vizlac tech. Never does what it's supposed to. I mean, I'm not being racist, but... Good. <laughs> right, now, past this archway, we're in the factory cellar. Then let's find your gadget and turn it off before it spreads any further. What's that? the news then, Brewster? Uh, I gathered, yeah. Another accident. And we can't find the doctor. They've taken James home, but I'm not sure he'll make it. If you see the doctor, tell him. I will. Brewster? Yes? That sack you're carrying, is that the... The hand, sir. James's hand. Is his severed hand in my sack? Is that what you're asking, sir? Keep your voice down. I told you to get rid of it. Give it to me. I don't want to go spreading wild assertions. But when you look at the pipes down there, and you think about all the accidents we've had... Well, it almost looks like someone's collecting bits of people, doesn't it? Firstly, shut up. Secondly, give me the sack. And thirdly, get back to work or I will be the one giving you the sack. All right, Mr Townsend, whatever you say. Now look sharp about it. Get back, lads! What is that creature? It's the thing I saw. The monster will put the cellar down on me. It's coming up through the hole in the floor. What? The hand! It wants the hand! What? No! No! No, get out! Fresh! Fresh! Living! 
makes such a terrible noise. It's not some newfangled device for clothes laundering, is it? I will ask Mary when she returns from shopping, but I'm sure she would have consulted us before buying something like that. It appears... Yes, it appears to be coming from behind the inner wall. Well, then, it, it must be something our neighbours have acquired. Oh, it's downright inconsiderate. I shall call on them and complain. Father, please be conciliatory. I don't see why I should be. It's damned... It... No! Coming from the wall! Infernal machinery! Dragged him back down the cellar. Oh, well, don't look. Maybe it's on our side. What? Well, it killed Townsend, didn't it? Well, you stick around and try and sign him up to the union if you like. But I'll pass. Well, I'm getting out of here. You lads with me? Oh, the door. It won't open. Have you released the bolts? They weren't on. It's wedged shut. Get out the way. Let me have a go. Come on. It's no good. We're locked in. Come on, stupid. Stephen! Bruce, you'll just let me concentrate. Stephen, the machines! They're running by themselves! Yeah! And now they're moving! But that's impossible. They should be fixed to the floor. Not anymore, they're not. It's like... It's like they were lying. They're getting closer. What do they want? Brewster, what do they want? Is it obvious? First, they took a few fingers. Then they took a hat. Now they're coming for the rest of us.
no sign of the creature. Well, there's more than one way up to the factory floor. Yes. What's going on up there? They're getting closer. What do they want? Rooster, what do they want? Isn't it obvious? First, they took a few fingers. Then they took a hack. Now they're coming for the rest of us. Evelyn, be careful. What? Brewster, are you all right? Miss Smythe, Doctor. What on earth's been happening here? We can't get out. The doors are locked and the machines just start moving around and eating people. And there's this thing in the cellar, like a man made out of pipes. You men, move away from the machines. Yeah, where to? But this way, we can escape through the cellars. Can you just hear me? There's a monster down there. We know, but at the moment, it seems to be otherwise occupied. Please, let's not stand around here discussing the matter when we could be getting out of here. All right. Stephen, there's nothing we can do. I can't get the door. Oh, forget the door. We're going out through the cellar. The doctor is linked here. He may be able to help. Oh, explain to us what has happened. I've sealed the cellar. You go, Clara. I will remain here. No, Father. He must come to it. It isn't safe. This is my house, and I shall not abandon it to be taken over by an abomination of pistols and gills. Please, don't. Go over man's home is his castle. Even in the face of an engine at the door. Oh, ah! well, they're coming through the floor. Father, we must go. Follow me, everyone. Mr. Belfridge, which way? Uh, I can't remember. It all looks completely different. How about through that door over there? Yes, I think it might be... Oh, no. It's spreading down here. What's spreading? Whatever it is that's making your machinery run amok. There isn't meant to be any machinery down here. This is just for storage. Well, it's worse than I'd feared. How? It means the machinery itself is building more machinery. Look out! Oh, it knows we're down here. It's killed all those men up there. Now it's coming after us, too. We're trapped. Nonsense. We'll find the way out. Fingers crossed. Father, it's calling us. From the day I first set eyes on one of those vile machines, I knew they would be the end of us. But this town had got rid of them, and I helped to bring them back for the sake of my own miserable career. For the sake of the town? You brought life back to this place. And now I've brought death. This is my punishment. I've lived my machines and now I am to die by them. Father, don't just stand there. Into the bedroom. I'm sorry that I brought this upon him. You've tried to protect man from the machines, which is more than I ever did. The window. Father, we can still get away. Uh, Yes, the window. (laughs) You must go first, my dear. Be careful. Hands on the ledge and allow yourself to drop. It shortens the distance one has to fall quite considerably. Always so practical. Now, follow quickly. Goodbye, Clara. Forgive me. Ah, 
You found a way out. Yeah, through the hole in the wall and straight up the stairs. Right, we need someone to lead the way. I nominate um, <coughs> me. So you'll be the one who gets out first. Of well, course, I'm not a complete idiot. But you do a very good imitation of one. While you go ahead, we'll stay here and make sure nobody gets left behind. <coughs> this way. You fellows, hurry. Doctor, what's all this metal stuff all over the walls? It's all wires and lights, circuit boards. Mr. Belfridge has been growing new technology for himself. His what? This is all due to a gadget that he didn't think worked, but which seems to have gone absolutely bonkers. All right, gadget makes sense. Now, this growth of high technology spreads from here to the train station. Processors, encoders, accelerators, even surgical equipment. Hey. That must be how Stephen got his fingers back. He got them back. It must have happened upon some medical equipment. Something which grew him some new fingers and attached them. So this Bodger corner is what's making all the machinery up in the factory go haywire? I don't think so. This process is evolving towards ever more advanced technology, but it seems benign. Whereas whatever's possessed the machines is going on the attack. I think we are dealing with two entirely different processes. Two separate intelligences. And where does Brewster's monster fit into all this? I don't know. I'm not a walking encyclopedia. No, but you do a very good imitation of one. Yes! Yes! Doctor, speaking of which... Him again. And he's not looking too cheerful. Time we were gone. Time we were gone. Up you go, lads. You'll be safe through here. I can't see the doctor. Better not have got himself killed. He's my right home. You're leaving us? Oh, it breaks my heart to say it, but yes. This time tomorrow, I'll be sipping a frappo daiquiri on Carlia's third pleasure moon. What'll happen to the factory? You want it? You have it. What? Aha! Here he is, my ticket out of here. And thankfully, all in one piece. Where are we? Uh, the cellars of Mrs. Coulton's haberdashery. Is that the monster? Yes. I don't think it's going to give up that easily. Then we've got to get everyone out of the building. Yeah, and get them armed. Mr Gibson, is everyone clear? Yes, I think so. Mrs Coulter included. She's stormed deaf, haven't heard a thing. It's coming. So what are we going to do? Torches, lads. Fetch torches. Let's see if we can't drive this monster back. If we could manage to stop it attacking for a moment, we might be able to communicate with it. What? Listen to him, Mr Gibson. He's done this sort of thing before. If it kills anyone else... It's very much my intention that it doesn't. Evelyn, there's going to be a panic. Go to Stretton's house. We might need a recognised authority figure to calm things down. Are you trying to get me out of the way? Evelyn, Evelyn, Evelyn... Oh, of course I'm trying to get you out of the way. And I don't have time to argue the point, so please, just this once, could you do as I say? If you insist. Good. Now, where's Brewster sloped off to? Did I really just hear the doctor say he wants to chat with that monster? Yeah, he does things like that. He claims it's because he doesn't like fighting. But I think it's just an excuse for him to hear the sound of his own voice. Well, if you ask me, it should be a case of shoot first, save you having to ask questions later. Do you have a gun? Gun? Yeah. Do you have a gun? An actual gun for shooting things with. Yes. No? Oh, well, that's put the mockers on that great plan, hasn't it? Here, lads! Bring your torches here! Right then, you idiot creature. Mr. Gibson, Stephen, please be careful. Get out of it! See? He don't like the fire much. Go, lads! Drive it up the hill and out of town! 
eaten away. Just eaten away inside. Clara, Clara, are you all right? Oh, I was coming to see you, you and your father. No, I'm afraid he's passed away, Miss Smythe. Dead? How? I tried to get back into the house, but everything was locked. Those machines... What machines? They broke through the wall in the cellar. They came for us. They just seemed to twist and unfold and swell until they filled every room, until there was nowhere left for us to run. What kind of machines? Clanking, pounding, living machines. I fled, but my father, the machine swallowed him. You're clearly suffering from shock, Miss Trenton. What you need is to come back to my house for a hot, sweet cup of tea. That's it, boys. We've done it on the run. Well, now there's nowhere left for it to run to. Perhaps you could give me a moment to talk to it? Lads! Lads! Enough! Let Dr Smith have his turn. Thank you. Hello. I'm the doctor. You can speak, can't you? Doctor, that's right. You understand me, then? Understand. Why are you here? What do you want? Flesh! Flesh! Living! Flesh! So, not a vegetarian, then? Any other topics you'd care to discuss with it, Doctor? Pets, hobbies, favourite pop groups? Doctor, we're not going to be able to keep it here forever. We have to put this thing out of action while we have the chance. Hey, boss, what's the time? What? Uh, it's 18 past 11 by the station clock. Perfect. Drive it down to the valley to the railway line. What? No. Down the cut into the front of the tunnel. You heard the lad. Do it. Hey, like you said, go on down the track. Good plan, Brewster. Take the initiative. No, no, this is not the way. We've got to do something. Drive it down. Onto the tracks. No. Let's hope they're not running late, eh? Oh, I don't think so. Listen. Don't let it get away. Keep it down there, whatever you do. This is obscene. Well done. Oh, it was nothing really. You'd say so, would you? That thing was killing people, in case you hadn't noticed. And that's your solution, is it? To force it in front of a train? And even if I accepted the ends, the means remain deeply questionable. The train could have been derailed. Innocent passengers could have been injured or killed. All right, next time we'll do it your way and see how many people die. Uh, that's enough, you two. Yes, it is more than enough. Yeah. Now... Did anyone see where the pieces of this creature went? Come along, Miss Stretton. Let's get you safely inside and we can consider our next... Were those the... The same sorts of things that colonised my father's house? Yes. Exactly the same. This menace will surely engulf the whole town. So, Doctor, what grand insights have you gained from your study of the monster's corpse? Several, as a matter of fact. Excuse me for asking an honest question. Sounded sarcastic to me. Anyway, I can tell you that your monster, as everybody seems determined to call it, was no such thing. It was a human being. What? Well, not a natural-born human, but all the organic matter I found in it was human flesh and human bone. 
the inorganic parts being those pipes and bolts and so on. Wait a tick. When me and Mr Townsend were checking the cellar, we came across this really peculiar tangle of pipes. We heard something rattling down it, and a hand plopped out of the bottom. Yes, just as I suspected. What? Who the hell suspects something like that? This creature was created in the cellar of Mr Belfridge's factory. You say that like it's my fault. And you say that as though you have a guilty conscience. No, I think your machines were the ones who made it. The same ones that attacked your men on the factory floor. Is that why we've been having all these accidents? The machines themselves aren't faulty, but I think it's clear they have been mutilating the workforce on purpose. Hmm? To create the monsters, out of bits sliced off of bodies. The catalyst couldn't have done this. Maybe not, but perhaps it's created something which could. Either way, directly or indirectly, you are responsible. Oh, now that's not fair. Oh, isn't it? Of all the factories and foundries and mills in Lancashire, the one where the machines come to life and start butchering people just happens to be the one run by an alien crook. An alien? And a crook, yes. (sighs) Oh, so this is why you wanted to see him. You set me up with this job so I could be your fellow on the inside, didn't you? Hoped I'd do a bit of snooping for you, eh? I didn't know about him when I got you the job. I would never have used you as an agent, Thomas. Yeah, because you don't trust me. No, because I don't get other people to do my dirty work. Doctor! Doctor! Evelyn? Where's Mr Stratton? Dead. My father's dead. Dead? Sorry to hear that, Miss Stratton. Thank you, Thomas. Machines took over their house. They're spreading throughout the town, wherever you look. This situation is rapidly getting out of hand. Belfridge, where's the control device for the catalyst? Uh, In my office, back at the factory. I left it there after I got back from my holiday. Then you're coming with me to find it. We need to turn that thing off. Do you think that'll stop what's happening? I don't know, but even if it doesn't, it'll be a start. I'd like to help as well. Hmm? Well, after what I've just seen, perhaps you'd be best kept away from the others. Evelyn, I need you to evacuate the town. Me? Evacuate the town? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Before we go, Brewster, how would you like to help me? Help you how, boss? You two, come along if you're coming. I'll tell you on the way. Ah, station booking office, just as we left it. Now, are you going to explain why we've come back here? I'm looking for something. What? Well, I won't know until I find it. But there's so much random technology here, there has to be something that'll help us. If only we have a control device, it's meant to keep track of everything the catalyst makes. Ah, so having the control device would help us find the control device. Please feel free to chip in with any further pearls of wisdom as they occur to you. It might help if you tell me what you need this piece of tech for. Something that can help us against the machines. Stop them functioning, if only for a moment, so we can get past. A couple of iron bars will probably do it. I was hoping for something a little more sophisticated. Yeah, and while you're busy hoping, I'll find the iron bars. Aha! You beauty. What is that? Looks like one of those horrible food dispensers you get on cheap interstellar flights. Uh, the principle's the same. It synthesises. Uh, pass me that fire bucket, Belfridge. It'll need some raw materials to work with. Uh, here you go. Uh, thank you. Uh, and as you say, the food that you get from those nutrisynths leaves something to be desired. They lack subtlety and culinary finesse. But what they do well is... <laughs> Produce industrial chemicals. Sadly, this one won't do so in great quantities, but useful nonetheless. What is that? A syringe? Adhesive. 
Very strong. Dries in about two seconds. Squirt a dab of that in the right place. You should be able to gum up the works. A glue gun? Yes. And for heaven's sake, don't get any on yourself. <laughs> well, that's all very well. Wouldn't a proper weapon be better? Why don't we check the cellar? There's bound to be some kind of focused cutting tool, like a laser system probe. Oh, help! You see it, he said! Right. Oh, what are you two playing at now? Rooster, jab one of those poles between his blades. Whatever you say. Now, Belfry, throw the adhesive over to me. The glue gun man. Now, let's see if this won't throw a metaphorical spanner in your work. There. That's fixed it. Belfridge, you all right? Uh, yes, yes. The blade didn't catch me. I just got the blunt side. It wasn't exactly a light peck on the cheek. Was it waiting for us? It can't have known we were coming. Look here. You see the wall of technology? It's carved chunks off it. What for? To destroy it or to steal it, perhaps. I have to admit, that glue gun of yours was pretty effective. Yeah, yes. And we're going to need more of it. Lots more. Mrs. Smythe, this is impossible. It's like a nightmare. Or the end of the world. Clara, everyone else is losing their heads. Let's keep ours. I need to talk to everybody. What are you going to tell them? To calm down and, and come in. Succinct and to the point. My father was never at ease with machines. He always suspected they had minds of their own. But they don't. Do they? No, not usually. They are the servants of man. So who has perverted them to act in this way? All right, all right. Pipe down, everyone. Pipe down. Now, maybe some of you only know half of what's going on. And maybe some of you don't know the first thing. But the long and the short of it all is this. We're all in danger. I don't have time to explain. What have you seen? Excuse me, Mrs. Mad. I must go. Clara? Where are you going? Clara! Clara! So all this is a battle between the new technology and the old stuff? Yeah, seems like it. But the new technology is not fighting back. Well, it's not equipped to. The Catalyst doesn't have that kind of intelligence. It's not programmed for self-defence. Then there must be another force at work here. You mean, whatever it is that's made the machines come to life? Exactly. And the last thing we need is for whatever it is to gain access to the Catalyst's technology. Why? Well, think about it. Um... The Catalyst is constantly growing new and more complex technology which might include a nuclear bomb, if it can find the components. Oh, right. Yes, and thought of that. Still kicking off inside the factory. Right. Glue guns at the ready. Open the doors. Now! Go! Squirt me alive! Belfry, that's enough! Don't waste the glue! That's all we have! Blimey, it's like a forest of rats in here. Yes, they're still multiplying. Cannibalising the whole factory. They're even using parts of the old silk loops. Are those stairs the only way to your office? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid so. Then we're going to have to get past a few more machines. 
Come on, and Mr. Belfridge, try not to be so trigger happy this time. Father, is it really you? Of course, my dear. Oh, thank heavens! I thought I saw those machines. Cara, what's going on? Father, our house. It stood here on this very spot, but now. The house is gone. Never to return. Well, where did it go? That is not important. Are you sure? I'd say it was extremely important. And where did this garden spring from? And you're all right, Father. You're not injured. Perfectly. I was saved by the land. Our green and pleasant land. They cannot touch us here, here in the natural world. Oh, Father. How glad I am. I thought I'd lost you. Clara... I'm not sure about this. Doesn't he seem different to you? Well, he has suffered a terrible ordeal, it is true. Oh, so have you. But you still seem like yourself. Don't listen to her. She is enthralled to the machines. And was the Holy Lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen? to get away. Father. You'll be safe here with me, my daughter, my flesh and blood. I can't leave him, Miss Mythe. I'll come back for you, but don't trust him. My darling daughter, please sit beside me on the grass. Father, what? Shh, my dear. Listen. Listen. Can't you hear it? Hear what? The death knell of the Industrial Revolution. Brewster! Belfridge, are you still with me? Just about, Doctor. My office is through there, which means we've got a work cut out. You sure there is another way round? What about through here? No, more of them. Brewster, shut that door! No, wait! Look there, in the centre! What is that? Well, don't ask me. I've never seen it before. Look, looks like a big egg or something. Look out, Doctor! Whoa, 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 no! You don't! Doctor, get back! Oh. Thank you. Glad to be a service. Told you Alarm Bar would do the trick. Yeah. Whatever laid that egg, it wasn't anything to do with the catalyst. You're sure? Totally sure. Look at it. It's organic. Careful, Doctor. Stay back! The machinery is defending it. It's an instinctive response. I don't think it likes us being here. I'm sure it doesn't. If we can put it out of action, all this will stop. Probably. Well, yes, but you'll never get near it. At least not in one piece. All right, let's go. I still don't know how we're going to get to my office. The way's totally blocked. We'll see about that. Doctor, look out! The floor's giving way! What? Ah! Doctor! Mr. Gibson! Stephen! Oh, I'm glad you're still here. Mrs. Smythe, where did you go? Where's Clara? She's not coming. Why not? I, I can't explain. How's it going? Are people leaving? Uh, most of them. There are a few stubborn ones, but they'll see the light in time. But Miss Stretton... I'll deal with her. Right now we need to... Oh! They're coming back into town. Why are they coming back? Yes! Yes! 
I think they're running away from that. Look, but we killed it. The train smashed it to pieces. You may have seen off one of them, but there's two of them now. How many are there? I don't think anyone's planning on sticking around to keep count. Where are they all coming from? Isn't it obvious? That one. Look. Don't you recognize the face? What? What is it that? Mrs. Coulter? Exactly. They're making themselves out of bits of us. To them, we're nothing but a walking mass of spare parts. We might still be able to get out if we head through the rail tunnel. After that, it's open more than... It's worth a try. But I think they may already be one step ahead of us. The tunnel. They've sealed off the tunnel. There's no way out of Ackleton. Which means, Mr. Gibson, that very soon, everyone in the town will be dead. Sir, be careful. The floor's not stable. The machines must have been cutting across it. Yeah, I know. And I know the cellar's crawling with them and they'll kill the doctor if we don't get him out of here. So don't you see? This is perfect. We needed to lose him anyway. But I can't just leave him to die. Well, quite. You have to speak to Sir, didn't you? You have to do it. Doctor, you all right? More or less. Well, we can't get down to you, I'm afraid. I'll try to get up. No, you'll never make it. You get out through the cellars. We'll get the control, would you call it? I suppose I don't have any choice. Will we to throw you down an iron bar? No! No. Thank you. I've still got some adhesive. I'll be fine. We're going to head for the office. Try and find a way through. It's getting worse up here. All right. Good luck. Do you think he bought it? Does it matter? I just wanted him to stop shouting at me and go away, and he has. Shall we go? But there's no way through. The machines... Aha! Uh -huh, but I was lying when I said this was the only way. If we climb outside, we should be able to edge along and in through one of the windows. Think you're up to it? Oh, yeah. Done that sort of thing once or twice before. Fresh! Fresh! Living! Fresh! Those creatures are blocking everywhere out of town! Then they're trapped. Except... What? I was told about someone that the creatures can't harm us in the countryside. It doesn't make sense, but... Uh, but we I, can't uh, reach the countryside. The tunnel's closed. No, but we may be able to get to the next best thing. Stephen, get everyone to follow me. If you say so. This way! Everyone! This way! You all right there, Mr Belfridge? Uh, fine. Just don't have a head for heights, that's all. Tip for you. Don't look down. Oh! I said don't look down. Oh. Remind me, whose idea was this? Nearly there. Take my hand. Now, get a grip of that drain pipe. It should hold your weight, just about. Yeah, that's it. Now what? Hang on while I just... 
And we're in. Hey, what's happening here? Looks like the insides of a spaceship. Yeah, the catalyst must have transformed the anteroom into a kind of airlock. To stop the machines breaking into your office. I think so. So how do we get in? Well, by the look of it, a basic print and retinal scan job. Well, let's see if it knows who's boss. Oh, nothing to lose, I suppose. Well, I'll be. It worked. Must be our lucky day. Get in. Blimey. It's like an Aladdin's cave in here. Catalyst's crammed the place with its technology. I get it. It doesn't know how to fight. So instead it's been trying to hide itself away, like it's building a nest. Trying to keep the controller safe. So where is this thing then, boss? Uh, in the bureau. Second drawer from the bottom. It's locked. Do you have the key? The key? Oh. Oh, I must have put it down somewhere. Oh, never mind. I've got an iron bar for a pit lock. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a genuine mahogany. I was going to take that with me. Oh, that's a shame. Ooh. Evelyn. Clara, have the creatures attacked you here? No, no, they haven't. No, no, will they? I hope for all our sakes, Mr. Stretton, that you are not mistaken. Everyone, gather round on the lawn. Please, trust me. You'll be perfectly safe. Those creatures are but revenants of industry. What they fear most is the natural world. It stands to reason. I'd rather have something slightly more concrete than that, but... Um... We cannot pass. Well, it seems the proof is in the pudding. Father did say we could be safe here. Yes, he did. But how did you know, Mr. Stratton? Because nature saved me. I was quite without hope. At the mercy of the infernal engines. My home and all that I knew was being consumed by them. But the plants and the ground rose up, claimed the machines, and saved my life. I have taken the wrong path. I have abetted the rise of the machines, and I beg my soul's forgiveness. We must all return to nature. Uh, beg your pardon, sir, but, but what does that mean, returning to nature? Men have used machines of one kind or another to work the land for many a year. Do you mean us to live by our bare hands? That is the will of God, Stephen. Trust in my Lord and he will show us the way. You sound like a preacher, Mr. Stretch. My decision to enter politics was the product of arrogance. It led me to despoil God's green earth. In the future, I shall... What in heaven's name? Get back! Something's coming up through the ground. Another of those demons. Or more machinery. It cannot be. No infection may trespass upon this new Eden, this fortress built by nature for herself. Oh. Ah. Oh. Hello. I hope you don't mind me gate-crashing your garden party. Oh, oh dear. Oh. Ah. That's it. That's what we came here for. What were you expecting? I don't know. I mean, bigger. Well, they could make it smaller, but you wouldn't be able to press the buttons. Vizlacs have fingers like sausages. Look on the screen. It's a map of the town, isn't it? Yes, and the locations of everything the Catalyst has made. Now, it's listing a lot of stuff as location unknown, which presumably means it's either been stolen or destroyed. So, what's left? 
Well, fortunately, it appears to have sealed off the part of the cellar where my ship's hidden. And it looks like the parts I needed to repair it have come through. Result? We'd better move off then, haven't we? Before the machines get hold of it. Yeah, it's not just a question of getting there. I need long enough to repair the ship. Oh, come on. This thing must have made some kind of weapon. Aha. Short-focused laser. Some kind of gun. Mm-hmm. Yes, one which we can use to turn that egg thing into a pile of smoking ash without us having to get anywhere near it. Where is it? In the cellars of the Red Lion. Ah, oh, great. We can have a cheeky half while we're there. Come along, Mr. Mole. Oh, let's get you out of your hole. Yes. Thank you, Evelyn. Now, what in heaven's name were you doing underground? Well, I was trying to find my way out of the cellars when I spotted an area totally clear of machinery. Made my way up the stairs and came out wherever this is. This used to be our house. Clara, his coat is filthy. Take it from him. What? His coat. Take it. Oh, please don't fuss. Your house, really. Oh, it's gone a bit al fresco. It seems it just collapsed into the ground. And this little patch of grass and trees appeared in its place. How extraordinary. Did anyone see this happen? I saw it. A miracle amidst the chaos. Indeed. Hello there. Wait. Wait. Mm, so I see. Well, patience is a virtue. They've been standing there for several minutes. Like vampires who haven't been invited in. An apposite analogy. But vampires' limitations are extremely rare, possibly unique. These creatures were built from human flesh. There's no physical reason why they shouldn't be able to stroll up to us. So why don't they? They are polluted. Why do you say that, Mr. Stratton? They are an unholy melding of man and machine. They're not fit for the world as the Lord made it. Clara, take his coat. Doctor. Just a moment, Clara. This isn't the world as God made it. This morning, it was a house. Its transformation was an act of God. I'm afraid not. It was an act of a small-scale terrain enhancer. You can tell. There's a slight smell like aniseed in the air. Those are the nanites getting up your nose. I don't understand your words, Doctor. No, but I think your father does. I'm afraid not. This was an act of God. How dare you claim that some vile, soulless artefact was responsible. You're lying, Mr. Stratton, but I think your sentiments are genuine. Must appall you to be even more polluted than the creatures you despise. What? If I cut you, you will not bleed. And if I punch you on the nose, I think you will go clang. (laughs) That was more of a thong. (sighs) Yes... Yes, well, it's not an exact science. Ow! Father, what's happened to you? I'm afraid that's not your father, Miss Stratton. I told you he seemed different. Ignore them, Clara. They are the servants of evil. On the contrary, you're not Mr. Stratton. Though you have two things in common with him. One is that you wear the same face, and the other... Let go of my shirt, sir! Is that you are a hypocrite? Stratton never admitted that he had bored the industry he brought back to the town, but if you talked to him, it was quite obvious. Conversely, you claim to hate technology, but you yourself are half-machine. 
Pipes and pipes. It's like a plumber's nightmare. So much for that cheeky half. Who said the pub would be clear? The display on the catalyst said it was. That egg thing that's directing the machines. It knows we're after it. It's trying to stop us getting to the laser. Maybe it would be better if we just found the doctor and... I am not losing my cargo, Brewster. And that means no doctor. That's what we agreed. I know, but considering we're up against... You know... Do you want the tech the catalyst has generated or not? Oh, yeah. Then shut up and help me figure out how we're going to get past these things. This body is a means to an end, nothing more. I saw the device in the heart of the factory, manipulating the machines. That's your true form, isn't it? Stretton is nothing more than your puppet. Oh, no, no, father! I'm sorry, Clara. Your father is dead. <laughs> this creature has recreated his body using technology made by Belfridge's catalyst, technology he stole. Just like he used the Catalyst's technology to create these monsters and to turn Stretton's house into a grassy hillock. I despise myself for using these vile devices, but oh. they were too useful. And my mission too important to let such compromises deter me. I agree it is hypocritical, but once my work is done, I shall destroy the machines and do penance. You genuinely mean it, don't you? You really do loathe technology. Well, the catalyst must really get your back up. For all the advantages it affords, it is like a sickness in the world. Disease of metal, smoke and oil encroaching over the land. The catalyst is crudely, mindlessly attempting to accelerate the indigenous technology level. My work will not be done until every soul on this planet has turned away from the path of industrial progress. So you made the machines go mad and start creating monsters out of human flesh just to scare everyone? Yes, this is all a gruesome bit of grand guignol to make people afraid of technology. <laughs> Back to nature indeed. Nature won't protect them from you. That is true, I'm afraid. And I need not protect you from them. Fresh, flesh, flesh. Doctor, the creatures, they're moving. No, wait, wait. Too late, Doctor. I had planned to use the people of this town as my disciples to spread my gospel throughout the land. However... Now that you have betrayed me, they are useless and must be destroyed. In which case, run, everyone! Run! That thing over there, is that the laser we're looking for? Yes! Yes, that's it! Uh, hope it comes ready charged. I doubt there's anywhere around here where you can buy spare batteries. It's got squeeze past this one machine here. It's going like the clappers. Because it knows what'll happen if we get hold of that laser. Pass me the glue gun. Here, catch. Right then. Here goes. Right now, you make sure it doesn't spring back into life while I'm underneath it. Can you reach the laser? Uh, think so, yes. Boss, watch out! The machines will completely jam. You want to spray some more gunk into it then? We've run out! Oh, come on, stupid thing! Just one more inch! Gotcha! Look out, boss! Ah! 
If you're planning on catching a train, Doctor, I think the ticket office is shut. Uh, we're not here to catch a train. We're here to look for something. It must be here. It must be. It might help if you told us what you were looking for. The catalyst made something that restored Stephen's fingers. So there's some sophisticated medical equipment here. And all we need... Ah. Ah. <laughs> Don't much of what the doctor says. Okay. Utterly unfathomable. Don't worry, Miss Tredden. That's partly because you're from the 19th century and partly because the only person who can understand what the doctor is talking about is the doctor. Oh, one of those monster things is heading this way. Good. That means it isn't attacking anyone else. They seem to be homing in on you. Flattering, isn't it? They must have decided I'm the bigger threat. I wanted you to take your coat. You what? Father, I wanted you to take your coat. I, I never got the chance to ask why. Doctor, maybe it's something to do Move with... Move away the... from the window, Miss Stretton! It's arms got caught on the glass! The perfect scenario to test my theory. Stephen, take one of these. Well, what's this? More of your syringes? Freshly dispensed. When I say now, we both lunge forward, stab our syringe into its arm and push down the plunger. Got it? I think so. Then three, two, one... Good. Now get back. Get back. What was in those syringes, Doctor? Anesthetic. Ah, yes. Human flesh. Equals human nervous systems. Exactly. Sweet dreams. Well done. Now, Doctor, about... Just a moment, Evelyn. Clara. Yes? We'll need many more of those. The code will be in the keypad's last number memory, so all you have to do is press this and then this. Wait for the syringe to drop out of the bottom and repeat as necessary. Understand? Not remotely. Good, that's the spirit. Doctor, Stephen, find as many men as you can, arm them with syringes, and don't stop until all the monsters are incapacitated. They won't all be as easy. No, I know, and I'm sorry, but it's the best I can do. There's a chance those creatures may be sentient. And if that's the case, then I have to try to free them. Oh. There's a controlling intelligence at work here. The egg that was using your father as a puppet. I've seen similar devices used before. They're called inhibitors. Somebody has seen the rate at which Earth's technology level is developing and decided they don't approve. Who? No idea. And if I can get my hands on the inhibitor, maybe I can find out. Lots of races use them. It's a disgrace and against intergalactic law. They work in various ways, creating malfunctions, losing vital research, or just by making people scared of technology. That must be why it targeted Ackleton. It honed in on the most advanced technology it could find. Mr. Belfridge's catalyst. Exactly. Doctor, are you speaking of people from other worlds? Yes, I am. I advise you to nod quietly and accept it. What I need to find is... A tool to reprogram the inhibitor and stop all this. Yes. I think it's in your coat pocket. What? (gasps) Device I found in Belfridge's office. The catalyst knew it was under threat, so what did it do? It tried to deliver the solution to Belfridge. It seems the catalyst is slightly brighter than Belfridge. Which, to be fair, isn't particularly difficult. Which is why Stretton wanted your coat. Because he could sense it was in your pocket. Of course. Come on, we'll make our way into the factory through the cellars. Good luck. You too. I'm still not sure I understand what they're doing. You're not the only one. Regardless, we have work to do. Now, 
The sequence is significant. Mr. Belfridge, boss, for you? Yeah, not, not so good, Brewster. I uh, can't seem to feel my legs. Yeah, there's all this stuff piled on top of them. Don't panic, I've got a plan. You still got that laser? Uh, yes. Right. I'll see if I can take the weight. You, you see if you can cut through whatever's holding your legs. Come on, boss, get on with it. It's no good, Brewster. Really. No good. Right. I'll go see if I can find something to prop this lot up with. Then I'll see if I can get beneath there myself. No, no. Just, uh, reach in here and see if you can't take the laser in there. The control. Control, what shall we call it? When you say... Hurry it up, man. I don't have a very high pain. Let's hold! Yeah, gone! Right. I'll just be two ticks. I'm about... Purple. My hand's all covered in purple. It's blood, Booster. Now, please, find the doctor. He'll know. He'll know what. What? Boss, Mr. Belfridge. Oh, you daft What am I supposed to do now? Yes, I observed. It doesn't matter what happens to them now. Nobody will believe them. I'm more concerned about the ones who have stayed to fight me. Dangerous. There is a possibility they could undo our work here. We must return to the factory and fetch my core. We will destroy the town, destroy our enemies, and start all over again. Wait. We have learned a great deal. Once the Doctor and his associates are disposed of, there will be nothing to stand in the way of our future success. We shall deliver this world from the agony of progress. The way through the cellar seems clearer than before. As I anticipated, our enemy's resources are finite, and it's redeployed them elsewhere. This is now the safest route. What is it? That's the sound of dozens of nanite generators overloading. The inhibitor must have won its battle with the catalyst. It's trying to blow us up. Us and everything else in town. That was just the opening number. Once it gets going... Well, imagine a fireworks display with a magnitude of a dozen hydrogen bombs. How much time do we have? No idea. Let's keep moving, shall we? That's it, lads! Turn the monster out my way! Don't take unnecessary risks, Mr. Gibson. I think we may have the beating of them if they're patient. Now, Mr. Gibson, use the syringe. Got it! Reckon that's the last of them, lads. But for the one they made from my father, yes. I wonder where it is. Right then. Let's see what this laser what's it can do. Ah, it's just but a decadent toy. Call it what you like, Stretton. This little gadget is still chop you into slices. I'll stay back if I were you. You've come for the core. And so have you, I reckon. Through there, is it? Why are you fighting me, Brewster? Main reason? 
because you're standing in my way. You're an ambitious young man. I'm offering you the chance to make a better world. Oh, yeah. Brewster. Oh, hello, Miss Smythe. Doctor. What are you doing here, Brewster? What does it look like? I'm saving the world. Uh, just don't destroy the inhibitor. The what? The big egg. It's a living creature, and I can stop it without killing it. What's going on? The inhibitor is causing every component the catalyst made to overload. What? But, Mr. Belfridge, he promised we could have all the technology. And where is Belfridge now? He's dead, but still alive. You don't need these twinkling contrivances, Brewster. Industrial labor lashes men like you to a life of mindless, mechanized work. Eventually, it will replace you altogether, leaving your class to rot. Not me, sir. I've got aspirations. I'm going to be somebody. Very well. Have it your own way. Friend! Brewster, look out! Good. Now, fetch my core. Yes! Brewster, are you all right? Brewster? Is he... You wish. He'll live. He placed too much faith in technology. A common error. So you get your core? Then what? Do we all just sit and wait to die? No! I use the boy's laser to kill you. You don't understand. I came here to help. That's very kind of you, Doctor. But my servants are quite capable of doing all the lifting. Take it outside. Please, wait. I have a device which can reprogram you. What? Remove your hatred of technology. Bring back the core and I'll show you. Reprogram? You dare to suggest that I could be reprogrammed? Well, yes. So, you consider all living things to be nothing more than machines? The philosophy of the tyrant? You don't know, do you? What? Doctor, be careful. You are technology. You were made and put here to hold this planet back. By whom? I don't know. I assumed you would. I was sent to set this world upon the path of righteousness. I can free you. You don't have to feel this hatred. How dare you call me a, 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 a machine? I can make you suffer for that. And by God, sir, you will suffer. Now, Brewster. Oh. I wasn't expecting him to go bomb. The creature is coming back. It's all right. I've got something to do with him. Aha. Brewster, give me the laser. Now. Don't you worry, Doctor. I'll take it from here. Don't shoot, Brewster. It's got the core. If you shoot... Uh, uh, oh! No! The core! You must not destroy the core! Listen to the Doctor, Brewster. If you destroy the core... I'm done listening. No! The core... Well, what are you two looking at me like that for? Oh, oh, Brewster. What have you done? I've just saved the world, that's what I've done. Well, I have, haven't I? Haven't I? Mrs. Smythe told us of your bravery, Brewster. Aye. When she explained to us what were actually going on, we realised we had a lot to thank you for. Yeah, well, 
It's a pity the doctor doesn't see it that way. I understand that he and Mrs. Smythe are leaving town. Yeah, I suppose I should go and say goodbye. All this machinery. Seems a pity to let it go to waste. Funny you should say that, Miss Stretton. It's not my intention to amuse. Uh, no. The thing is, you see, there's a factory full of top-quality machines just sitting doing nothing, and nobody to take charge of getting the men back to work. I sense you intend to step into the breach. Happen I do, Miss Stretton. Happen I do. But on behalf of the union line. So you'll be running the factory for the benefit of the workers, sharing the profits fairly? That's the plan. A cooperative venture, you might call it. And if it doesn't work out, well, I've always fancied being a man of industry. I don't believe it! They put a tag on the TARDIS. A tag! Are we going to say goodbye to Brewster? I've said all I intend to say to him. The inhibitor was a sentient creature, tortured by its own genetic programming. I could have saved it. Instead, he destroyed it. And all the creatures it created. He thought he was protecting me. No, he thought he knew best. And so he... He means well. He has good instincts. Chiefly for self-interest, as far as I can see. Oh, he was born with so little. Can you blame him? For what? For always being on the make? Maybe not, but I don't have to take him with me. I'm sorry, Evelyn. He's had his last chance. (sighs) Just seems a pity, that's all. Doctor! Doctor, wait! I only came to tell you. Sorry. So, Brewster, have you decided? Are you staying or going? Yeah, I've decided. You got all the rock salt loaded up? Yep. Half a ton of top quality merchandise all safely stowed in the hold of the Astropod. And where you're from, this stuff's valuable. On Carlia? As you would say, Brewster, it's worth a king's ransom. You don't mind me coming with you? If it wasn't for you and your quick thinking with that medical equipment, I'd still be stuck down in that cellar. I thought you were dead. Then I thought, if a machine can grow back someone's fingers, what else can it do? Well, so in answer to your question, no, I don't mind. In fact, it'd be a pleasure. So, your ship's all repaired and everything? All ship-shape and ready for takeoff. Then I think a quick pint of the red line to toast on you business before we head off. An excellent notion. To Belfridge and Brewster Limited. Belfridge and Brewster. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Heroes of Sontar. The Sontarans were the sworn enemies of the Rutans, an amoeboid species. The Doctor and I met them on Earth in the Middle Ages. 
a race of troll-like warmongers. Up in the sky! Doctor, look! Good heavens. A shooting star! It's breaking up! Don't say a spaceship. A spaceship. Sorry. And that's not debris in its wake. Escape pods may be spherical too, and terribly familiar. The big ship's coming down! It's gonna hit! Do either of them look like stumpy, cross-eyed trolls? Why do you ask? Because there's three of them behind you. Prisoners of the Sontaran Empire! Oh, no. Sontarans, right? Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. people they think the world ends at the end of their street they never stop to imagine there might be more out there so what is out there you wouldn't believe me if i told you i saw things you'd swear were impossible even to me all seems like a dream Hello, my name's Alan Barnes and I'm the script editor for Big Finish Productions' Doctor Who range. When we started talking about the Brewster arc, you know, the, the idea was that, was that Bruce would en- eventually end up pretty much where he started. You know, his, his fate would always have been to um, have either end up, ended up dangling on the end of a rope or, um, you know, effectively back in the workhouse. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the factory or Appleton. It's a wage and I'm, I'm grateful. But imagine seeing everything else that was out there and then losing it. I'm Nick Briggs, I'm the executive producer of Big Finish. And I'm the director of Industrial Evolution. Industrial Evolution came from Alan and I talking about who we were going to commission for this season of Colin Baker Adventures. And um, as often happens, the name of writer Eddie Robson came into the conversation. You know, I, I started, the first thing I, I, I took to Eddie was, you know, how can we get Brewster back in the workhouse, please? Um, and, and actually sort of explore how he feels about that, what the consequences would be, would be of that. And I think it was Eddie who sort of said, well, you know, let's not do London because we've sort of done, you know, Victorian London and so on so many times. And we, we came up with... Um, he came up with this this sort of brass-style, you know, Victorian trouble at mill sort of story, which I just thought was fantastic, you know, and, and, and it's loads and loads of really rich, interesting things that we haven't done before, you know, we've sort of done, you know, we haven't done sort of strikes before, we haven't done, you know, that sort of organised labour kind of thing, we haven't done the sort of town and country kind of thing before, we haven't, I don't think we've actually done a sort of Victorian MP before, you know, that kind of, and there's a sort of, there's an element of sort of... Uh, there's definitely an element of town versus country in it, which comes across very strongly with the when the Stretton character gets taken over. I was quite without hope at the mercy of the infernal engines. My home and all that I knew was being consumed by them. But the plants and the ground rose up, claimed the machines and saved my life. We've taken the wrong path. I have abetted the rise of the machines and I beg my soul's forgiveness. We must all return to nature. Hello, I'm Colin Baker, and I play the sixth Doctor, the one right slap bang in the middle. Eddie's writing is is it's a good mixture of the dramatic and the and the character. He he, he does a lot with character, and uh, I'm a, I'm a great lover of sarcasm, and uh, his scripts are liberally endowed with it. Um, 
and, and, and they're good stories. He writes good stories. Uh, and uh, the actual scenario that Eddie, Eddie came up with was uh, was just brilliant and mad with sort of um, horrific industrial accidents, which we have toned down quite a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, machines growing, you know, this, this machine just slowly growing and taking over the, um, the factory. Um, yeah, I mean, no, good story, good story. And, and also, you know, another lots of nice things for Evelyn to do. He thought he was protecting me. No, he thought he knew best. And so he... He means well. He has good instincts. Chiefly for self-interest, as far as I can see. The biggest blessing of all is, is my dear Evelyn Smythe, uh, played by Maggie. Uh, who, and I adore working with Maggie. She's, uh, bless her, she's had a tough year. She's uh, got cracked ribs and things like that. And she still soldiers in here. And she's even a little bit older than I am. So uh, I have every sympathy with her for dealing in extremists with uh, coming along and doing a bit of acting. But she wants to do it. And uh, every word is a gem. I love her to bits. We found a position for Brewster here and, without mentioning it to him, decided to stay in town for a few days to see how he settled in. But then the, the doctor began to develop suspicions about Mr Belfridge and his factory. I'm Maggie Stables and I play Dr Evelyn Smythe. I thought it was a, quite an interesting development to have, um, to have a historical one but with the space age um, built in, um, and all these strange, these strange um, monsters. Yes, yes, yes. I think they're running away from that. Look, but we killed it. The train smashed it to pieces. You may have seen off one of them, but there's two of them now. How many are there? I don't think anyone's planning on sticking around to keep count. It's a very creepy idea, isn't it? All these things clinging onto the walls and you can't detach them and you don't know what they are and gradually they form themselves into sort of humanoids. It, 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 <laughs> no, it's very creepy. <laughs> oh, he was born with so little. Can you blame him? For what? For always being on the make? had uh, the lovely John Picard here, which is a, n a new addition for me. Um, and um, I think he's so different from uh, anybody that we've had any other kind of companion that um, it's been extremely good and it, it, lively and interesting. Hello, my name is John Pickard and I play Thomas Brewster. Oh, hello, Miss Smythe, Doctor. What are you doing here, Brewster? What does it look like? I'm saving the world! This on-paper Industrial Revolution episode looked the heaviest, but it seems to have gone the quickest, but everyone's just great everyone just dived straight in and and uh, got on with it really so that's credit to you guys you know the casting and everything else everyone's just embraced it and gone for it really well as before i think the brewster arc is uh, it sounds like some big spaceship doesn't it um uh, works really well because he's such a fascinating character and uh he it gives you an opportunity to have a Doctor Who companion who reacts to the Doctor and the other situations that the Doctor gets involved in in a, uh, an unusual way because he's not always doing things for the greater good unlike your usual heroes and really there's a question mark over whether he's one of the good guys at all he's motivated by self-interest but in a sort of in a kind of way that you you can't utterly condemn him for because of his upbringing 
Uh, and he's had a hard time, you know, he had a hard time in Victorian times, and then he reveals that, uh, you know, his, his set-up in the 21st century with the young lady he met there, uh, it, you know, that all fell apart rather rather sadly actually and you're kind of grateful that you didn't have to listen to that story because it just seems so utterly uh, demoralizing you know he found someone he loved and then the poor girl was was killed and awful why did you reactivate your time machine was it to you oh just tell me thomas please you remember back in london i met this girl connie mm, yes yes i do right charmer she was real good looking too all set up i was only, only one day there was this accident. Nobody's fault. Driver never saw her. She weren't dead, it's just... She weren't ever going to wake up. The doctor said, well... They said there weren't any point in... Oh, you know. Thomas, I'm so very sorry. And so there's a sort of... You can kind of understand why he's the way he is. And I, th I think that it's rather good to have a companion character who, who is a motivating force in the plot th through this. I mean, the whole of industrial evolution uh, is conceived by the Doctor, as, as it were, as an adventure because of uh, Thomas Brewster, you know, because they agree to take him back to victorian england and and put him somewhere where he can make a life for himself but the doctors just just wants to keep an eye on him and that's how this story unfolds i think it's a really nice uh, uh way to to end the trilogy and of course it does end with a, a potential future for brewster whether we'll explore that or not i don't know but it'll be interesting so your ship's all repaired and everything all ship shape and ready for takeoff then I think a quick pint of the red line to toast our new business before we head off. An excellent notion. To Belfridge and Brewster Limited. Belfridge and Brewster. Thomas Brewster uh, finishes his uh, journey through the Six Doctors' life, a brief journey, um, checkered, a, a checkered relationship. Um, I think there is a grudging respect at the end, um, and there's an awareness that there are, as pointed out by Evelyn, there are similarities between him and the Doctor, although the Doctor at first resisted any such suggestion that someone devious and self-seeking should bear any resemblance to him. But it's the uh, being on your own. And, of course, poor old Thomas Brewster is a, a, now a man out of time. Given his, his weak and uh, devious nature, how could he resist using the knowledge he's got to his own advantage, even by something as basic as gambling, um, betting on things that are going to happen. So, uh, what's going to happen to him? Very interesting. Where does he go? Where does Thomas Brewster live now? There was a time when uh, most of the big Finnish stories seemed to involve loads of what we call wild tracks, which you've probably heard about, where we get uh, the cast in to do all the background action. And we realised that it was sometimes it was because there are character limit limitations on the number of characters writers can use because of cost, budget, and uh, and so a way uh, writers often sneakily used to sort of up the number of characters was to have this Greek chorus in the background who were always reacting to things in various stories. And we noticed this was being deployed again and again by writers. Uh, and it seems so simple for a writer to put the crowd react angrily. What? It rather looks as though the workers are revolting. 
But if you do that more than ten times in your script, you're in danger of putting an extra hour on the recording because you get you have to get all the actors in to scream and shout, which they sort of enjoy to start with, but then after a while the novelty wears off, especially if the weather's hot and <laughs> they all come out of the booths pouring with sweat. So we thought logistically it's quite um, a difficult thing to, to do all the time. And also, narratively, it's quite repetitive to always have stories that have lots of crowds of people in. So we did issue a, a minor edict saying to people, could we just lay off the crowd scenes, please? Because it's all a bit samey and, frankly, it's quite difficult for us to do. That's, I say a minor edict because we weren't too worried if people broke it from time to time. And Eddie Robson came along and broke it, you know, with a huge double-decker bus, you know. And uh, it, it, industrial evolution involves... A hell of a lot of crowd reactions. They're, you know, they're the workmen uh, being chased by the humanoids, and they're the townsfolk being chased by the humanoids. They're the workmen being upset about machines and protesting and wanting to go on strike. And all this is very specific, so you have to record it, and it does take some time, and it is quite exhausting. Drive it down onto the tracks. No. <laughs> Let's say they're not running late, eh? Uh, I don't think so. Listen. Don't let it get away! Keep it down there, whatever you do! This is obscene! Ah! Smash the smithereens! Excellent idea, Brewster! Well done! Oh, it was nothing really. Uh, that was one aspect of it. And also because it's got quite a large cast, there's a whole thing about not being able to have everyone for both days. Among all the big Finnish directors, I am the least adept at planning a sort of uh, mentally gymnastic um, schedule where you know Barnaby Edwards is probably the master of this where he just works out different ways of doing different scenes and redoing them with different actors and having other people reading in for the people who won't be here until tomorrow and then when they do it for the person tomorrow people reading in for the people who were only here yesterday and that that sort of thing uh, fries my brain and also I find it I, I think it all edits together fine and you'll never know that that's the way Barney's done it in previous productions because it all sounds great and he's a great director but I'm a bit selfish I suppose it, it it turns it into a very dull experience for me. It becomes a mathematical exercise and everyone gets terribly confused and you're spending all your time just making sure everyone understands what's going on. And uh, that's, not, um, that's not my comfort zone, really. I would rather more or less do it in order. I mean, not, you know, constantly swapping the cast around because we go to a scene with two other people and, you know, so you block all the characters together, so you don't do it absolutely in order but you try to do it as much in order as possible and that's just a much happier experience for everyone i think i'm constantly slipping cds into my uh, car cd player and listening to a story i'd done two or three years ago having forgotten most of the the plot by then and marveling at the the world that exists uh, in my speakers you know the sounds the the depths of sound. It's in perfect working order. Keep it well oiled, replace all moving parts regularly. It should give you years of steam-driven pleasure. I knew it! It's the men that are at fault, not the machines. We all do it in the same acoustic. We don't move from sound booth to sound booth, like you used to in the old days of BBC radio, to get, you know, the open acoustic, the closed acoustic, the echoing acoustic. It's all done in post-production. And I suspect in this one we're going to hear... 
all, all sorts of wonderful machinery and steam and we've got trains, we've got massive machines, we've got small machines, we've got little hybrid machines doing absurd things, we've got humanoids which are part flesh, part machine um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it takes several months to, to create that soundscape. There's a lot to do though isn't there, we touched on this earlier, like you know 20,000 words in each script there or thereabouts and you know it's, it's a lot to get on and get done really and I always love listening to the end result because um, it's you don't quite always can know if you're pitching it right in terms of what effects are coming in but you know, I suppose you just have to go as if you know as if it is and it does it, it comes together lovely it's a masterpiece by the end